january in the diary of samuel pepys sixteen sixty three this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox dot org recording by nicole lee the diary of samuel pepys sixteen sixty three by samuel pepys january january first lay with my wife at my lord's lodgings where i have been these two nights till ten o'clock with great pleasure talking then i rose and to whitehall where i spent a little time walking among the courtiers which i perceive i shall be able to do with great confidence being now beginning to be pretty well known among them then to my wife again and found mrs sarah with us in the chamber we lay in among other discourse mrs sarah tells us how the king sups at least four or five times every week with my lady castlemaine and most often stays till the morning with her and goes home through the garden all alone privately and that so as the very sentries take notice of it and speak of it she tells me that about a month ago she lady castlemaine quickened at my lord gerard's at dinner and cried out that she was undone and all the lords and men were fain to quit the room and women called to help her in fine i find that there is nothing almost but bawdry at court from top to bottom as if it were fit i could instance but it is not necessary only they say my lord chesterfield groom of the stall to the queen is either gone or put away from the court upon the score of his ladies having smitten the duke of york so as that he is watched by the duchess of york and his ladies retired into the country upon it how much of this is true god knows but it is common talk after dinner i did reckon with mrs sarah for what we have eat and drank here and gave her a crown and so took coach and to the duke's house where we saw the villain again and the more i see it the more i am offended at my first undervaluing the play it being very good and pleasant and yet a true and allowable tragedy the house was full of citizens and so the less pleasant but that i was willing to make an end of my gaddings and to set to my business for all the year again to-morrow here we saw the old roxalana in the chief box in a velvet gown as the fashion is and very handsome at which i was glad hence by coach home where i find all well only sir w pen they say ill again so to my office to set down these two or three days journal and to close the last year therein and so that being done home to supper and to bed with great pleasure talking and discoursing with my wife of our late observations abroad second lay long in bed and so up and to the office where all the morning alone doing something or another so dined at home with my wife and in the afternoon to the treasury office where sir w batten was paying off tickets but so simply and arbitrarily upon a dull pretence of doing right to the king though to the wrong of poor people when i know there is no man that means the king less right than he or would trouble himself less about it but only that he sees me stir and so he would appear doing something though to little purpose that i was weary of it at last we broke up and walked home together and i to see sir w pen who has fallen sick again i stayed a while talking with him and so to my office practising some arithmetic and so home to supper and bed having sat up late talking to my poor wife with great content third up and to the office all the morning and dined alone with my wife at noon and then to my office all the afternoon till night putting business in order with great content in my mind 
having nothing now in my mind of trouble in the world, but quite the contrary, much joy, except only the ending of our difference with my uncle Thomas, and the getting of the bills well over for my building of my house here, which, however, are as small and less than any of the others. Sir W. Penn, it seems, has fallen very ill again, so to my arithmetic again to-night, and so home to supper and to bed. Fourth, Lord's Day, up and to church, where a lazy sermon, and so home to dinner to a good piece of powdered beef, but a little too salt. At dinner my wife did propound my having of my sister Paul, at my house again to be her woman, since one we must have, hoping that in that quality possibly she may prove better than she did before, which I take very well of her, and will consider of it, it being a very great trouble to me that I should have a sister of so ill a nature that I must be forced to spend money upon a stranger when it might better be upon her if she were good for anything. After dinner I and she walked, though it was dirty, to Whitehall, in the way calling at the wardrobe to see how Mr. Moore do, who is pretty well, but not cured yet, being much afeard of being seen by anybody, and was, I think, of Mr. Coventry, which so troubled me that I made her go before, and I ever after loitered behind. She to Mr. Hunt's, and I to Whitehall Chapel, and then up to walk up and down the house, which now I am well known there, I shall forbear to do, because I would not be thought a lazy body by Mr. Coventry and others by being seen, as I have lately been, to walk up and down doing nothing. So to Mr. Hunt's, and there was most prettily and kindly entertained by him and her, who are two as good people as I hardly know any, and so neat and kind one to another. Here we stayed late, and so to my lord's to bed. Fifth. Up enter the Duke, who himself told me that Sir J. Lawson was come home to Portsmouth from the Straits, who is now come with great renown among all men, and I perceive mightily esteemed at court by all. The Duke did not stay long in his chamber, but to the King's chamber, whither by and by the Russia ambassadors come, who, it seems, have a custom that they will not come to have any treaty with our or any King's commissioners, but they will themselves see at the time the face of the King himself, be it forty days one after another. And so they did to-day only go in and see the King, and so out again to the council chamber. The Duke returned to his chamber, and so to his closet, where Sir G. Carteret, Sir J. Minnes, Sir W. Batten, Mr. Coventry, and myself, attended him about the business of the Navy. And after much discourse and pleasant talk, he went away. And I took Sir W. Batten and Captain Allen into my wine-cellar to my tenant, as I call him, Sergeant Dalton, and there drank a great deal of variety of wines, more than I have drunk at one time, or shall again a great while, when I come to return to my oaths, which I intend in a day or two. Thence to my lord's lodging, where Mr. Hunt and Mr. Creed dined with us, and were very merry. And after dinner he and I to Whitehall, where the Duke and the Commissioners for Tangier met, but did not do much, my lord Sandwich not being in town, nobody making it their business. So up, and Creed and I to my wife again, and after a game or two at cards, to the cockpit, where we saw Clarisilla, a poor play, done by the king's house, but neither the king nor queen were there, but only the duke and duchess, who did show some impertinent, and methought unnatural, dalliances there, before the whole world, such as kissing and leaning upon one another. But to my very little content, they are not acting in any degree like the duke's people. So home, there being here this night Mrs. Turner and Mrs. Martha Batten, of our office, to my lord's lodgings again, and to a game at cards, we three and Sarah, and so to supper, and some apples and ale, and to bed with great pleasure, blessed be God. Sixth, twelfth day. Up, and Mr. Creed brought a pot of chocolate ready made for our morning draught, 
and then he and I to the Duke's, but I was not very willing to be seen at this end of the town, and so returned to our lodgings, and took my wife by coach to my brother's, where I set her down, and Creed and I to St. Paul's churchyard, to my booksellers, and looked over several books with good discourse, and then into St. Paul's church, and there finding Elbra, my old schoolfellow at Paul's, now a parson, whom I know to be a silly fellow, I took him out and walked with him, making Creed and myself sport with talking with him, and so sent him away, and we to my office and house to see all well, and thence to the exchange, where we met with Major Thompson, formerly of our office, who do talk very highly of liberty of conscience, which now he hopes for by the King's declaration, and that he doubts not that if he will give him, he will find more and better friends than the bishops can be to him, and that if he do not, there will many thousands in a little time go out of England, where they may have it. But he says that they are well contented that if the King thinks it good, the Papists may have the same liberty with them. He tells me, and so do others, that Dr. Calamy is this day sent to Newgate for preaching. A Sunday was Sun night, without leave, though he did it only to supply the place, when otherwise the people must have gone away without ever a sermon, they being disappointed of a minister, but the Bishop of London will not take that as an excuse. Thence into Wood Street, and there bought a fine table for my dining-room, cost me fifty shillings, and while we were buying it there was a scare-fire, in an alley over against us, but they quenched it. So to my brother's, where Creed and I and my wife dined with Tom, and after dinner to the Duke's house, and there saw Twelfth Night. Acted well, though it be but a silly play, and not related at all to the name or day. Thence Mr. Battersby, the apothecary, his wife and I and mine by coach together, and setting him down at his house, he paying his share, my wife and I home, and found all well, only myself somewhat vexed at my wife's neglect in leaving off her scarf, waistcoat, and night-dressings in the coach to-day that brought us from Westminster, though I confess she did give them to me to look after, yet it was her fault not to see that I did take them out of the coach. I believe it might be as good as twenty-five shillings loss or thereabouts. So to my office, however, to set down my last three days' journal, and writing to my Lord Sandwich to give him an account of Sir J. Lawson's being come home, and to my father about my sending him some wine and things this week, for his making an entertainment of some friends in the country, and so home. This night making an end holy of Christmas, with a mind fully satisfied with the great pleasures we have had by being abroad from home. And I do find my mind so apt to run to its old want of pleasures, that it is high time to betake myself to my late vows, which I will to-morrow, God willing, perfect and bind myself to, that so I may, for a great while, do my duty, as I have well begun, and increase my good name and esteem in the world, and get money, which sweetens all things, and whereof I have much need. So home to supper and to bed, blessing God for his mercy to bring me home, after much pleasure, to my house and business, with health and resolution, to fall hard to work again. 7th. Up pretty early, that is by seven o'clock, it being not yet light before or then. So to my office all the morning, signing the treasurer's ledger, part of it where I have not put my hand, and then eat a mouthful of pie at home to stay my stomach, and so with Mr. Waith by water to Deptford, and there, among other things, viewed old pay-books, and found that the commanders did never heretofore receive any pay for the rigging time, but only for sea-time, contrary to what Sir J. Minnes and Sir W. Batten told the Duke the other day. I also searched all the ships in the wet dock for fire, and found all in good order, it being very dangerous for the king that so many of his ships lie together there. I was among the canvas in stores also with Mr. Harris, the sailmaker, and learnt the difference between one sort and another to my great content, 
and so by water home again, where my wife tells me stories how she hears that, by Sarah's going to live at Sir W. Penn's, all our affairs of my family are made known and discourse of there, and theirs by my people, which do trouble me much, and I shall take her time to let Sir W. Penn know how he has dealt in taking her without our full consent. So to my office, and by and by home to supper, and so to prayers and bed. 8th. Up pretty early, and sent my boy to the carrier's with some wine for my father, for to make his feast among his Brampton friends this Christmas, and my muff to my mother, sent as from my wife. But before I sent my boy out with them, I beat him for a lie he told me, at which his sister, with whom we have of late been highly displeased, and warned her to be gone, was angry, which vexed me, to see the girl I love so well, and my wife, should at last turn so much a fool and unthankful to us. So to the office, and there all the morning, and though without, and a little against the advice of the officers, did, to gratify him, send Thomas Hayter to-day towards Portsmouth, a day or two before the rest of the clerks, against the pay next week, dined at home, and there being the famous new play acted the first time to-day, which is called The Adventures of Five Hours, at the Duke's house, being, they say, made or translated by Colonel Duke, I did long to see it, and so made my wife to get her ready though we were forced to send for a smith to break open her trunk, her maid Jane being gone forth with the keys, and so we went, and though early were forced to sit almost out of sight, at the end of one of the lower forms, so full was the house. And the play, in one word, is the best, for the variety and the most excellent continuance of the plot to the very end, that ever I saw, or think ever shall, and all possible, not only to be done in the time, but in most other respects very admittable, and without one word of ribaldry, and the house by its frequent plaudits did show their sufficient approbation. So home, with much ado in an hour getting a coach home, and after writing letters at my office I went home to supper and to bed, now resolving to set up my rest as to plays till Easter, if not Whitsuntide next, excepting plays at court. Waking in the morning, my wife I found also awake, and begun to speak to me with great trouble and tears, and by degrees from one discourse to another at last it appears that Sarah has told somebody, that has told my wife, of my meeting her at my brother's, and making her sit down by me, while she told me stories of my wife, about her giving her scallop to her brother, and other things, which I am much vexed at, for I am sure I never spoke anything of it, nor could anybody tell her but by Sarah's own words. I endeavoured to excuse my silence herein hitherto by not believing anything she told me, only that of the scallop which she herself told me of, at last we, pretty good friends, and my wife begun to speak again of the necessity of her keeping somebody to bear her company, for her familiarity with her other servants is it that spoils them all, and other company she hath none, which is too true, and call for Jane to reach her out of her trunk, giving her the keys to that purpose, a bundle of papers, and pulls out a paper a copy of what, a pretty while since, she had wrote in a discontent to me, which I would not read but burned. She now read it, and it was so piquant, and wrote in English, and most of it true, of the retiredness of her life, and how unpleasant it was, that being wrote in English, and so in danger of being met with and read by others, I was vexed at it, and desired her, and then commanded her, to tear it. When she desired to be excused it, I forced it from her, and tore it, and withal took her other bundle of papers from her, and leapt out of the bed, and in my shirt clapped them into the pocket of my breeches, that she might not get them from me, and having got on my stockings, and breeches, and gown, I pulled them out one by one, and tore them all before her face, though it went against my heart to do it, she crying and desiring me not to do it, 
but such was my passion and trouble to see the letters of my love to her and my will wherein i had given her all i have in the world when i went to sea with my lord sandwich to be joined with a paper of so much disgrace to me and dishonour if it should have been found by anybody having torn them all saving a bond of my uncle robert's which she hath long had in her hands and our marriage license and the first letter that ever i sent her when i was her servant i took up the pieces and carried them into my chamber and there after many disputes with myself whether i should burn them or no and having picked up the pieces of the paper she read to-day and of my will which i tore i burnt all the rest and so went out to my office troubled in mind hither comes major tolhurst one of my old acquaintance in cromwell's time and sometimes of our club to see me and i could do no less than carry him to the mitre and having sent for mr bean a merchant a neighbour of mine we sat and talked tolhurst telling me the manner of their collieries in the north we broke up and i home to dinner and to see my folly as discontented as i am when my wife came i could not forbear smiling all dinner till she began to speak bad words again and then i began to be angry again and so to my office mr bland came in the evening to me hither and sat talking to me about many things of merchandise and i should be very happy in his discourse durst i confess my ignorance to him which is not so fit for me to do there coming a letter to me from mr pierce the surgeon by my desire appointing his and dr clark's coming to dine with me next monday i went to my wife and agreed upon matters and at last for my honour am forced to make her presently a new moire gown to be seen by mrs clark which troubles me to part with so much money but however it sets my wife and i to friends again though i and she never were so heartily angry in our lives as to-day almost and i doubt the heart-burning will not be soon over and the truth is i am sorry for the tearing of so many poor loving letters of mine from sea and elsewhere to her so to my office again and there the scrivener brought me the end of the manuscript which i am going to get together of things of the navy which pleases me much so home and mighty friends with my wife again and so to bed tenth up and to the office from thence before we sat sir w pen sent for me to his bedside to talk indeed to reproach me with my not owning to sir j minnes that he had my advice in the blocking up of the garden door the other day which is now by him out of fear to sir j minnes opened again to which i answered him so indifferently that i think he and i shall be at a distance at least to one another better than ever we did and love one another less which for my part i think i need not care for so to the office and sat till noon then rose and to dinner and then to the office again where mr creed sat with me till late talking very good discourse as he is full of it though a cunning knave in his heart at least not to be too much trusted till sir j minnes came in which at last he did and so beyond my expectation he was willing to sign his accounts notwithstanding all his objections which really were very material and yet how like a doting coxcomb he signs the accounts without the least satisfaction for which we both sufficiently laughed at him and sir w batten after they had signed them and were gone and so sat talking together till eleven o'clock at night and so home and to bed eleventh lord's day lay long talking pleasant with my wife then up and to church the pew being quite full with strangers come along with sir w batten and sir j minnes so after a pitiful sermon of the young scot home to dinner after dinner comes a footman of my lord sandwiches my lord being come to town last night with a letter from my father in which he presses me to carry on the business for tom with his late mistress which i am sorry to see my father do it being so much out of our power or for his advantage as it is clear to me it is which i shall think of and answer in my next 
so to my office all the afternoon writing orders myself to have ready against to-morrow that i might not appear negligent to mr coventry in the evening to sir w penn's where sir j minnes and sir w batten and afterwards came sir g carteret there talked about business and afterwards to sir w batten's where we stayed talking and drinking cider and so i went away to my office a little and so home and to bed twelfth up and to sir w batten's to bid him and sir j minnes adieu they going this day towards portsmouth and then to sir w penn's to see sir j lawson who i heard was there where i found him the same plain man that he was after all his success in the straits with which he is come loaded home thence to sir g carteret and with him in his coach to whitehall and first i to see my lord sandwich being come now from hinchingbrook and after talking a little with him he and i to the duke's chamber where mr coventry and he and i into the duke's closet and sir j lawson discoursing upon business of the navy and particularly got his consent to the ending some difficulties in mr creed's accounts thence to my lord's lodgings and with mr creed to the king's head ordinary but people being set down we went to two or three places at last found some meat at a welsh cook's at charing cross and here dined and our boys after dinner to the change to buy some linen for my wife and going back met our two boys mine had struck down creed's boy in the dirt with his new suit on and the boy taken by a gentlewoman into a house to make clean but the poor boy was in a pitiful taking and pickle but i basted my rogue soundly thence to my lord's lodging and creed to his for his papers against the committee i found my lord within and he and i went out through the garden towards the duke's chamber to sit upon the tangier matters but a lady called to my lord out of my lady castlemaine's lodging telling him that the king was there and would speak with him my lord could not tell me what to bid me say at the committee to excuse his absence but that he was with the king nor would suffer me to go into the privy garden which is now a through passage and common but bid me to go through some other way which i did so that i see he is a servant of the king's pleasures too as well as business so i went to the committee where we spent all this night attending to sir j lawson's description of tangier and the place for the mole of which he brought a very pretty draught concerning the making of the mole mr chumley did also discourse very well having had some experience in it being broke up i home by coach to mr bland's and there discoursed about sending away of the merchant ship which hangs for so long on hand for tangier so to my lady batten's and sat with her a while sir w batten being gone out of town but i did it out of design to get some oranges for my feast to-morrow of her which i did so home and found my wife's new gown come home and she mightily pleased with it but i appeared very angry that there were no more things got ready against to-morrow's feast and in that passion sat up long and went discontented to bed thirteenth so my poor wife rose by five o'clock in the morning before day and went to market and bought fowls and many other things for dinner with which i was highly pleased and the china of beef was down also before six o'clock and my own jack of which i was doubtful do carry it very well things being put in order and the cook come i went to the office where we sat till noon and then broke up and i home whither by and by comes dr clark and his lady his sister and a she-cousin and mr pierce and his wife which was all my guests i had for them after oysters at first course a hash of rabbits a lamb and a rare chine of beef next a great dish of roasted fowl cost me about thirty shillings and a tart and then fruit and cheese my dinner was noble and enough i had my house mighty clean and neat my room below with a good fire in it my dining-room above and my chamber being made a withdrawing chamber and my wife's a good fire also 
I find my new table very proper, and will hold nine or ten people well, but eight with great room. After dinner the women to cards in my wife's chamber, and the doctor and Mr. Pierce in mine, because the dining-room smokes unless I keep a good charcoal fire, which I was not then provided with. At night to supper, had a good sack posset and cold meat, and sent my guests away about ten o'clock at night, both them and myself highly pleased with our management of this day. And indeed their company was very fine, and Mrs. Clark a very witty fine lady, though a little conceited and proud, so weary, so to bed. I believe this day's feast will cost me near five pounds. Fourteenth. Lay very long in bed, till with shame forced to rise, being called up by Mr. Bland about business. He being gone, I went and stayed upon business at the office, and then home to dinner. And after dinner stayed a little, talking pleasant with my wife, who tells me of another woman offered by her brother that is pretty and can sing, to which I do listen, but will not appear over forward. But I say I must keep somebody for company's sake to my wife, for I am ashamed she should live as she do. So to the office till ten at night upon business, and numbering and examining part of my sea manuscript with great pleasure, my wife sitting working by me. So home to supper and to bed. Fifteenth. Up and to my office preparing things. By and by we met and sat Mr. Coventry and I till noon, and then I took him to dine with me, I having a wild goose roasted, and a cold chine of beef, and a barrel of oysters. We dined alone in my chamber, and then he and I to fit ourselves for horseback, he having brought me a horse, and so to Deptford, the ways being very dirty. There we walked up and down the yard and wet dock, and did our main business, which was to examine the proof of our new way of the call-books, which we think will be of great use. And so to horse again, and I home with his horse, leaving him to go over the fields to Lambeth, his boy at my house taking home his horse. I vexed, having left my keys in my other pocket in my chamber, and my door is shut, so that I was forced to set my boy in at the window, which done I shifted myself, and so to my office till late, and then home to supper, my mind being troubled about Fields's business and my uncle's, which the term coming on I must think to follow again. So to prayers and to bed, and much troubled in mind this night in my dreams about my uncle Thomas and his son going to law with us. Sixteenth. Lay long, talking in bed with my wife. Up, and Mr. Battersby, the apothecary, coming to see me. I called for the cold chine of beef, and made him eat, and drink wine, and talked. There being with us Captain Brewer, the painter, who tells me how highly the presbyters do talk in the coffee-houses still, which I wonder at. They being gone, I walked two or three hours with my brother Tom, telling him my mind how it is troubled about my father's concernments, and how things would be with them all, if it should please God that I should die, and therefore desire him to be a good husband, and follow his business, which I hope he do. At noon to dinner, and after dinner my wife began to talk of a woman again, which I have a mind to have, and would be glad Paul might please us, but she is quite against having her, nor have I any great mind to it, but only for her good, and to save money flung away upon a stranger. So to my office till nine o'clock about my navy manuscripts, and there troubled in my mind more and more about my uncle's business, from a letter come this day from my father, that tells me that all his tenants are sued by my uncle, which will cost me some new trouble. I went home to supper, and so to bed. Seventeenth. Waked early with my mind troubled about our law matters, but it came into my mind that sayings of Epictetus, which did put me to a great deal of ease, it being a saying of great reason. Up to the office, and there sat Mr. Coventry, Mr. Pett, new come to town, and I. 
I was sorry for signing a bill and guiding Mr. Coventry to sign a bill to Mr. Creed for his pay as deputy treasurer to this day, though the service ended five or six months ago, which he perceiving did blot out his name afterwards, but I will clear myself to him from design in it. Sat till two o'clock and then home to dinner, and Creed with me, and after dinner, to put off my mind's trouble, I took Creed by coach, and to the Duke's playhouse, where we did see the five hours' entertainment again, which indeed is a very fine play, though, through my being out of order, it did not seem so good as at first, but I could discern it was not any fault in the play. Thence with him to the China alehouse, and there drank a bottle or two, and so home, where I found my wife and her brother discoursing about Mr. Ashwell's daughter, whom we are like to have for my wife's woman, and I hope it may do very well, seeing there is a necessity of having one. So to the office to write letters, and then home to supper and to bed. 18th, Lord's Day. Up, and after the barber had done, and I had spoke with Mr. Smith, whom I sent for on purpose to speak of Field's business, who stands upon two hundred and fifty pounds before he will release us, which do trouble me highly, and also Major Allen of the Victualling Office, about his ship to be hired for Tangier. I went to church, and thence home to dinner alone with my wife, very pleasant, and after dinner to church again, and heard a dull, drowsy sermon, and so home and to my office, perfecting my vows again for the next year, which I have now done, and sworn to in the presence of Almighty God, to observe upon the respective penalties thereto annexed, and then to Sir W. Penn's, though much against my will, for I cannot bear him, but only to keep him from complaint to others that I do not see him, to see how he do, and find him pretty well, and ready to go abroad again. 19th. Up and to Whitehall. And while the Duke is dressing himself, I went to wait on my Lord Sandwich, whom I found not very well, and Dr. Clark with him. He is feverish, and hath sent for Mr. Pierce to let him blood, but not being in the way, he puts it off till night, but he stirs not abroad to-day. Then to the Duke, and in his closet discoursed as we used to do, and then broke up. That done, I singled out Mr. Coventry into the mattered gallery, and there I told him the complaints I meet every day about our treasurers or his people's paying no money, but at the goldsmith's shops, where they are forced to pay fifteen or twenty sometimes per cent for their money, which is a most horrid shame, and that which must not be suffered. Nor is it likely that the treasurer, at least his people, will suffer Maynell the goldsmith to go with ten thousand pounds per annum, as he do now get, by making people pay after this manner for their money. We were interrupted by the Duke, who called Mr. Coventry aside for half an hour, walking with him in the gallery, and then in the garden. And then going away, I ended my discourse with Mr. Coventry. But by the way, Mr. Coventry was saying that there remained nothing now in our office to be amended, but what would do of itself every day better and better, for as much as he that was slowest, Sir W. Batten, do now begin to look about him and to mind business, at which, God forgive me, I was a little moved with envy, but yet I am glad and ought to be, though it do lessen a little my care to see that the King's service is like to be better attended than it was heretofore. Thence by coach to Mr. Povey's, being invited thither by him, came a messenger this morning from him, where really he made a most excellent and large dinner of their variety even to admiration, he bidding us, in a frolic, to call for what we had a mind, and he would undertake to give it us, and we did for prawns, swan, venison, after I had thought the dinner was quite done, and he did immediately produce it, which I thought great plenty, and he seems to set off his rest in this plenty, and the neatness of his house, which he after dinner showed me from room to room, so beset with delicate pictures, and above all a piece of perspective in his closet in the low parlour, his stable, where were some most delicate horses, 
and the very racks painted and mangers with a neat leaden painted cistern and the walls done with dutch tiles like my chimneys but still above all things he bid me go down into his wine cellar where upon several shelves there stood bottles of all sorts of wine new and old with labels pasted upon each bottle and in the order and plenty as i never saw books in a bookseller's shop and herein i observe he puts his highest content and will accordingly commend all that he hath but still they deserve to be so here dined with me dr hoare and mr scaven there with him and mr bland whom we met by the way to my lord chancellor's where the king was to meet my lord treasurer etc many great men to settle the revenue of tangier i stayed talking a while there but the king not coming i walked to my brother's where i met my cousin scott's tom not being at home and sent for a glass of wine for them and having drunk we parted and i to the wardrobe talking with mr moore about my law businesses which i doubt will go ill for want of time for me to attend them so home where i found mrs lodham speaking with my wife about her kinswoman which is offered my wife to come as a woman to her so to the office and put things in order and then home and to bed it being my great comfort that every day i understand more and more the pleasure of following of business and the credit that a man gets by it which i hope at last too will end in profit this day by dr clark i was told the occasion of my lord chesterfield's going and taking his lady my lord ormond's daughter from court it seems he not only hath been long jealous of the duke of york but did find them two talking together though there were others in the room and the lady by all opinions a most good virtuous woman he the next day of which the duke was warned by somebody that saw the passion my lord chesterfield was in the night before went and told the duke how much he did apprehend himself wronged in his picking out his lady of the whole court to be the subject of his dishonour which the duke did answer with great calmness not seeming to understand the reason of complaint and that was all that passed but my lord did presently pack his lady into the country in derbyshire near the peak which is become a proverb at court to send a man's wife to the devil's arse a peak when she vexes him this noon i did find out mr dixon at whitehall and discoursed with him about mrs wheatley's daughter for a wife for my brother tom and have committed it to him to inquire the pleasure of her father and mother concerning it i demanded three hundred pounds twentieth up betimes into the office where all the morning dined at home and mr dean of woolwich with me talking about the abuses of the yard then to the office about business all the afternoon with great pleasure seeing myself observed by everybody to be the only man of business of us all but mr coventry so till late at night and then home to supper and bed twenty-first up early leaving my wife very ill in bed and to my office till eight o'clock there coming charles pepys to demand his legacy of me which i denied him upon good reason of his father and brother suing us and so he went away then came commissioner pett and he and i by agreement went to deptford and after a turn or two in the yard to greenwich and thence walked to woolwich here we did business and i on board the tangier merchant a ship freighted by us that has long lain on hand in her dispatch to tangier but is now ready for sailing back and dined at mr ackworth's where a pretty dinner and she a pretty modest woman but above all things we saw her rock which is one of the finest things done by a woman that ever i saw i must have my wife to see it after dinner on board the elias and found the timber brought by her from the forest of dean to be exceeding good the captain gave each of us two barrels of pickled oysters put up for the queen mother so to the dock again and took in mrs ackworth and another gentlewoman and carried them to london 
and at the Globe Tavern in Eastcheap did give them a glass of wine, and so parted. I home, where I found my wife ill in bed all day, and her face swelled with pain. My will has received my last two quarters' salary, of which I am glad. So to my office till late, and then home, and after the barber had done, to bed. 22nd. To the office. Where Sir W. Batten and Sir J. Minnes are come from Portsmouth. We sat till dinner-time, then home, and Mr. Dixon by agreement came to dine to give me an account of his success with Mr. Wheatley for his daughter for my brother. And in short it is that his daughter cannot fancy my brother because of his imperfection in his speech, which I am sorry for. But there the business must die, and we must look out for another. There came in also Mrs. Lodham with an answer from her brother Ashwell's daughter, who is likely to come to me, and with her my wife's brother, and I carried Commissioner Pett in with me, so I feared want of victuals. But I had a good dinner and mirth, and so rose and broke up, and with the rest of the officers to Mr. Russell's burial, where we had wine and rings, and a great and good company of aldermen, and the livery of the Skinner's company. We went to St. Dunstan's in the East Church, where a sermon, but I stayed not, but went home, and after writing letters I took coach to Mr. Povey's, but he not within I left a letter there of Tangier business, and so to my lord's, and there find him not sick, but expecting his fit to-night of an egg. Here was Sir W. Compton, Mr. Povey, Mr. Bland, Mr. Gordon, and myself. We were very busy about getting provisions sent forthwith to Tangier, fearing that by Mr. Gordon's neglect they might want bread. So, among other ways thought of to supply them, I was empowered by the commissioners of Tangier that were present to write to Plymouth and direct Mr. Lanyon to take up vessels great or small to the quantity of a hundred and fifty tons, and fill them with bread of Mr. Gordon's lying ready there for Tangier, which they undertake to bear me out in and to see the freight paid. This I did. About ten o'clock we broke up, and my lord's fit was coming upon him, and so we parted, I with Mr. Creed, Mr. Pierce, Wynne Howe, and Captain Ferrers, who was got almost drunk this afternoon, and was mighty capricious and ready to fall out with anybody, supped together in the little chamber that was mine heretofore, upon some fowls sent by Mr. Shepley. So we were very merry till twelve at night, and so away, and I lay with Mr. Creed at his lodgings, and slept well. Twenty-third up and hastened him in dispatching some business relating to Tangier, and I away homewards. Hearing that my lord had a bad fit to-night, called at my brother's and found him sick in bed, of a pain in the sole of one of his feet, without swelling, knowing not how it came, but it will not suffer him to stand these two days. So to Mr. Moore and Mr. Lovell our proctor being there, discoursed of my law business, thence to Mr. Grant to bid him come for money for Mr. Barlow, and he and I to a coffee-house where Sir J. Cutler was and in discourse among other things he did fully make it out that the trade of england is as great as ever it was only in more hands and that of all trades there is a greater number than ever there was by reason of men taking more prentices because of their having more money than heretofore his discourse was well worth hearing coming by temple bar i bought audley's way to be rich a serious pamphlet and some good things worth my minding thence homewards and meeting sir w batten turned back again to a coffee-house and there drunk more till I was almost sick, and here much discourse, but little to be learned, but of a design in the north of a rising, which is discovered among some men of condition, and they sent for up. Thence to the change, and so home with him by coach, and I to see how my wife do, who is pretty well again, and so to dinner to Sir W. Batten's to a cod's head, and so to my office, and after stopping to see Sir W. Penn, where was Sir J. Lawson and his lady and daughter, which is pretty enough, I came back to my office, and there set to business pretty late, 
finishing the margenting my navy manuscript. So home and to bed. 24th. Lay pretty long, and by lying with my sheet upon my lip, as I have of old observed it, my upper lip was blistered in the morning. To the office all the morning, sat till noon, then to the exchange to look out for a ship for Tangier, and delivered my manuscript to be bound at the stationers. So to dinner at home, and then down to Redriff, to see a ship hired for Tangier, what readiness she was in, and found her ready to sail. Then home, and so by coach to Mr. Povey's, where Sir W. Compton, Mr. Bland, Gordon, Sir J. Lawson, and myself, met to settle the victualling of Tangier for the time past, which with much ado we did, and for six months' supply more. So home in Mr. Gordon's coach, and to my office till late about business, and find that it is business that must and do every day bring me to something. So home to supper and to bed. 25th, Lord's Day. Lay till nine a bed, then up, and being trimmed by the barber, I walked towards Whitehall, calling upon Mr. Moore, whom I found still very ill of his egg. I discoursed with him about my lord's estate, against I speak with my lord this day, thence to the King's Head Ordinary at Charing Cross, and sent for Mr. Creed, where we dined very finely and good company, good discourse. I understand the King of France is upon consulting his divines upon the old question, what the power of the Pope is and do intend to make war against him, unless he do write him for the wrong his ambassador received, and banish the cardinal imperial, which I understand this day is not meant the cardinal belonging or chosen by the emperor, but the name of his family is imperiali. Thence to walk in the park, which we did two hours, it being a pleasant sunshine day, though cold. Our discourse upon the rise of most men that we know, and observing them to be the results of chance, not policy, in any of them, particularly Sir J. Lawson's, from his declaring against Charles Stuart in the river of Thames, and for the rump. Thence to my lord, who had his ague fit last night, but is now pretty well. And I stayed talking with him an hour alone in his chamber, about sundry public and private matters. Among others, he wonders what the project should be of the Duke's going down to Portsmouth just now with his lady, at this time of the year. It being no way, we think, to increase his popularity, which is not great, nor yet safe to do it, for that reason if it would have any such effect. By and by comes in my lady Wright, and so I went away. And after talking with Captain Ferris, who tells me of my lady Castlemaine's and Sir Charles Barclay being the great favourites at court, and growing every day more and more, and that upon a late dispute between my Lord Chesterfield, that is the Queen's Lord Chamberlain, and Mr. Edward Montague, her master of the horse, who should have the precedence in taking the Queen's upper hand abroad out of the house, which Mr. Montague challenges, it was given to my Lord Chesterfield, so that I perceive he goes down the wind in honour as well as everything else, every day. So walked my brothers and talked with him, who tells me that this day a messenger is come, that tells us how Colonel Honeywood, who was well yesterday at Canterbury, was flung by his horse in getting up, and broke his skull, and so is dead. So home and to the office, dispatching some business, and so home to supper, and then to prayers and to bed. 26th. Up and by water with Sir W. Batten to Whitehall, drinking a glass of wormwood wine at the still-yard, and so up to the Duke, and with the rest of the officers did our common service, thence to my Lord Sandwiches, but he was in bed and had a bad fit last night, and so I went to Westminster Hall, it being term-time, it troubling me to think that I should have any business there to trouble myself and thoughts with. Here I met with Monsieur Raby, who is lately come from France, he tells me that my Lord Hinchingbrook and his brother do little improve there, and are much neglected in their habits and other things. But I do believe he hath a mind to go over as their tutor, 
and so I am not apt to believe what he says therein. But I had a great deal of very good discourse with him concerning the difference between the French and the Pope, and the occasion which he told me very particularly, and to my great content, and of most of the chief affairs of France which I did inquire, and that the king is a most excellent prince, doing all business himself, and that it is true he hath a mistress, Mademoiselle La Valliere, one of the Princess Henriette's women, that he courts for his pleasure every other day, but not so as to make him neglect his public affairs. He tells me how the king do carry himself nobly to the relations of the dead cardinal, and will not suffer one Pasquil to come forth against him, and that he acts by what directions he received from him before his death. Having discoursed long with him, I took him by coach and set him down at my lord Crewe's, and myself went and dined at Mr. Povey's, where Orlando Massam, Mr. Wilkes, a wardrobe man, myself and Mr. Gordon, and had just such another dinner as I had the other day there. But above all things I do the most admire his piece of perspective especially, he opening me the closet door, and there I saw that there is nothing but only a plain picture hung upon the wall. After dinner Mr. Gordon and I to settle the business of the Tangier Vittling, which I perceive none of them yet have hitherto understood but myself. Thence by coach to Whitehall, and met upon the Tangier Commission, our greatest business the discoursing of getting things ready for my Lord Rutherford, to go about the middle of March next, and a proposal of Sir J. Lawson's and Mr. Chumley's concerning undertaking the mole, which is referred to another time. So by coach home, being melancholy, overcharged with business, and methinks I fear that I have some ill offices done to Mr. Coventry, or else he observes that of late I have not dispatched business so as I did use to do, which I confess I do acknowledge. But it may be it is but my fear only, he is not so fond as he used to be of me. But I do believe that Sir W. Batten has made him believe that I do too much crow upon having his kindness, and so he may on purpose to countenance him seem a little more strange to me. But I will study hard to bring him back again to the same degree of kindness. So home and after a little talk with my wife to the office, and did a great deal of business there till very late, and then home to supper and to bed. 27th. Up into the office, where sat till two o'clock, and then home to dinner, whither by and by comes Mr. Creed, and he and I talked of our Tangier business, and do find that there is nothing in the world done with true integrity, but there is design along with it, as in my Lord Rutherford, who designs to have the profit of victualling of the garrison himself, and others to have the benefit of making the mole so that I am almost discouraged from coming any more to the committee, were it not that it will possibly hereafter bring me to some acquaintance of great men. Then to the office again, we're very busy till past ten at night, and so home to supper and to bed. I have news this day from Cambridge that my brother hath had his bachelor's cap put on, but that which troubles me is that he hath the pain of the stone, and makes bloody water with great pain, it beginning just as mine did. I pray God help him. 28th up and all the morning at my office doing business, and at home seeing my painter's work measured, so to dinner and abroad with my wife, carrying her to Unthanks, where she alights, and I to my Lord Sandwiches, whom I find missing his egg fit to-day, and is pretty well, playing at dice. And by this I see how time and example may alter a man, he being now acquainted with all sorts of pleasures and vanities, which heretofore he never thought of nor loved, nor, it may be, hath allowed with Ned Pickering and his page Lord. Thence to the temple to my cousin Roger Pepys, and thence to Sergeant Bernard, to advise with him and retain him against my uncle, my heart and head being very heavy with the business. Thence to Watton's, the shoemaker, and there bought another pair of new boots, for the other I bought my last would not fit me, and here I drank with him and his wife, a pretty woman, 
they broaching a vessel of cider a purpose for me. So home, and there found my wife come home, and seeming to cry. For bringing home in a coach her new Farrandin waistcoat, in Cheapside a man asked her whether that was the way to the tower, and while she was answering him another on the other side snatched away her bundle out of her lap, and could not be recovered, but ran away with it, which vexes me cruelly. But it cannot be helped. So to my office, and there till almost twelve at night with Mr. Lewis, learning to understand the manner of a purser's account, which is very hard, and little understood by my fellow officers, and yet mighty necessary. So at last with great content broke up, and home to supper and to bed. Twenty-ninth. Lay chiding, and then pleased, with my wife in bed, and did consent to her having a new waistcoat made her, for that which she lost yesterday. So to the office, and sat all the morning. At noon dined with Mr. Coventry at Sir J. Minnes his lodgings, the first time that ever I did yet. And I'm sorry for doing it now, because of obliging me to do the like to him again. Here dined old Captain Marsh of the Tower with us. So to visit Sir W. Penn, and then to the office, and there late upon business by myself, my wife being sick to-day. So home, and to supper, and to bed. Thirtieth. A solemn fast for the king's murder, and we are forced to keep it more than we would have done, having forgot to take any victuals into the house. I to church in the forenoon, and Mr. Mills made a good sermon upon David's heart smiting him for cutting off the garment of Saul. Home, and whiled away some of the afternoon at home talking with my wife, so to my office, and all alone making up my month's accounts, which, to my great trouble, I find that I am got no further than six hundred and forty pounds. But I have had great expenses this month. I pray God the next may be a little better, as I hope it will. In the evening my manuscript is brought home handsomely bound, to my full content, and now I think I have a better collection in reference to the Navy, and shall have, by the time I have filled it, than any of my predecessors. So home, and eat something such as we have, bread and butter and milk, and so to bed. 31st. Up into my office, and there we sat till noon. I home to dinner, and there found my plate of the sovereign with the table to it, come from Mr. Christopher Pett, of which I am very glad. So to dinner late, and not very good, only a rabbit, not half roasted, which made me angry with my wife. So to the office, and there till late, busy all the while. In the evening, examining my wife's letter, intended to my lady, and another to mademoiselle, they were so false spelt, that I was ashamed of them and took occasion to fall out about them with my wife, and so she wrote none, at which, however, I was sorry, because it was in answer to a letter of Madame about business. Late home to supper and to bed. End of January